Hello, I'm Angela. And I'm Marie, the second half of this mother and daughter team. Welcome to Chalker Checkups. We're here to guide you on your quest for spiritual knowledge and enlightenment. Here we go again. Another <laughs> Chalker Chat. Chalker Checkups Chat. Chalker Checkup Chat. About your level of enlightenment. Well, I hope not entirely about my level of enlightenment. I'm, you know, pretty low on the pictogram scale. Well, that's just exactly <laughs> what I was thinking about, is that there are people like yourself mm-hmm. who say that about yourself, and it's not accurate. You're not low on the scale. And perhaps you want to be, or you're trying to be. Just trying to blend in. Exactly. That's the problem. That is the problem. (laughs) Okay, but why is that problematic? Because probably anybody listening to this podcast, I'm pretty confident that almost anybody listening to this podcast is a more enlightened individual than your average person on the street. It doesn't mean that there aren't other enlightened people out there, but You would not be drawn to listen to this kind of a podcast unless you had some level of development, spiritual development. And I hear so many people that have stunning chakra systems. They're beautiful, energetic people that they continually say that they're small. They're small. They're not enlightened. They're low on the totem pole. Mm -hmm. And they're not. Mm -hmm. that isn't the reality of it your friend came over just the other day and she said i'm i'm not the enlightened person you say i'm really the devil no that's not true Mm -hmm. i don't remember who said that but you would take a a person with a certain level of enlightenment to even start to say something like that oh criminals they don't care about what people call them in fact probably they're not concerned about it they're not they're just having, going around being like, I'm the best. They're just going around being what they're being. It takes an enlightened person to be thinking about, am I a good person? Am I a bad person? Should I have not said that? Why did I say that? I must be a bad person because I said that or did or that. Or I could always learn more than I know now. Yeah, right. I've got a long way to go. I, you know, all of these judgments all of these comparisons. And I think it's one of the things that make it harder on on someone. Instead of thinking of yourself as a person, becoming enlightened on the threshold of enlightenment or in the early stages of enlightenment. I think almost anybody that is listening to this podcast is on the threshold of enlightenment or in the early stages of enlightenment. And it's hard for people to accept that. They say, oh, well, she must be talking to the other person. I mean, even me just hearing you say it, or like, yeah, not me. <laughs> so you're, you're saying exactly what the other person's saying, not me. It's not me, but it is you. You and everyone like you, or close to being like you, or slightly above you, are the people with the real spiritual power, the the real enlightened people. And I think that we have this concept of somebody that's enlightened 
a sort of glorified Jesus concept, which we've never seen. Nobody's ever seen this kind of person on the planet. But I mean, I guess my mind goes straight to someone like the Dalai Lama and we're like, well, I'm not enlightened because I'm not someone that's preaching, practicing, teaching or any of those things to a group of other humans for enlightenment. And the Dalai Lama's the like is like the top one percent of the one percenters. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, there's the Dalai Lama is is probably an enlightened person. But just a little bit down. Therefore, I'm less enlightened. (laughs) You're not the Dalai Lama, but does not mean that you're not on the brink of enlightenment on the threshold of enlightenment or in the early stages of enlightenment. Okay. It doesn't mean you're a bad person or you're a dark person or you have demons or you want to hurt people or any of these things that people are not enlightened to do. It just means you're not the Dalai Lama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not Buddha and you're not the Dalai Lama. But if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably on the early stages of enlightenment. So what does that mean to be on the early stages? It means that your your chakra on a very physical level, your chakras are starting to light up. You're starting to experience having spiritual power. You probably have healing ability. You have probably more pronounced than the average person, telepathy, uh, mediumship, You're probably a stronger empath. You're probably more kinetic. It's likely that you have more lucid dreams. You have a bigger heart. You have more of an ability to express healing, loving energy from your heart. You can feel the energy in your hands when you think of healing someone and send a stream of light through your hands. This isn't everybody. Everybody doesn't have this. You can't walk down the street and stop people and say, do you have this? And they'll, they'll say, I don't even know what you're talking about. I think if you're not practicing anything with any of those skills, a quote unquote enlightened spiritual person can be, what are you talking about? I don't have any of those. Well, maybe sometimes, but I'll have people sometimes and I'll say, this kind of runs in the family. How about your mom or your grandmother? And they'll say, oh, my mom's always had something, but she doesn't like to talk about it. But it doesn't mean that it's not there or even that they don't use it. And I've talked, I've done readings for some businessmen that were very high powered businessmen. And they say, oh, I'm not telepathic. And I said, well, don't, when you walk in the room, can you tell what people are thinking? Well, yeah, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'm not a remote viewer. I said, do you ever close your eyes and then you kind of phase out and you get information, you come back and you know something. Oh, well, everybody does that. <laughs> no, they don't. It's not surprising when someone has these abilities and they are interested in business that they become a successful business person. It helps in your everyday life if you have some of these abilities. I talked to someone just the other day who went riding on a horse for the very first time and he told me, that he was thinking about what I said about the jewelry and learning jewelry from a past life. So he started to, as he's coming up to the days and the early parts of him learning to ride a horse, 
start saying if I ever had a past life where I rode a horse, I want to have those skills. And when he started riding, he said his instructor said, we've never seen anybody ride so well, so quickly, learn so much, seem to instinctively know so much about what you're doing, considering you haven't been on a horse more than once. So he was in lessons for horse riding. Just starting. Like yeah. just starting. Just starting. But then maybe after the first lesson went back and was thinking about this. And and called forth like his previous past life horse riding skills. That's a good one to have. <laughs> but especially if you have a horse. And so he didn't really remember the past life, but the skills kind of have been instinctually coming back. They've been coming back. And he said his instructor said he's making incredible progress. Okay. I can see your mind going round and round. <laughs> My mind, can I do with this? Yeah, my mind instantly goes to like, what could I learn from my past lives? And, you know, I'm always going back to like, is there one with Spanish language? <laughs> that would be a good myself. one. Well, and what he was talking about actually matched with my thing with the spinning, because I didn't actually have a memory of learning how to spin, but I was really, really interested in wanting to know how to spin. And then, you know, I wake up and I, really kind of know how to do it mm -hmm. and apparently in the greek style so you know it was interesting when i listened to this this young man and he's quite excited about that he's like okay i'm gonna be a you know world-class horseman and he probably will be oh i mean who doesn't like to wake up with new knowledge without having to try or practice so what is the point of knowing that you're in enlightened being or not if we're all just going about our daily lives anyways what difference does it make well the difference it makes and part of the point of bringing this whole thing up is that i think people do know this about themselves or senses about themselves and they know that it makes them different than other people the vast majority of other people and so you get into this dilemma of on um, part of your consciousness, part of your uh, everyday life, you feel this drive to become this enlightened person, to use this energy, to move this energy that you have. And the other half of you wants to be normal, wants to fit in, wants to not be noticed. A lot of people that are spiritually inclined are a little bit more shy and less extroverted so they don't they want to fit in and they want to be normal and i'm sure a lot of people relate to what i'm talking about i don't think this is news so there's this struggle on one level you're wanting to expand and be enlightened because part of you kind of knows it and believes it and really wants to fully get into that the other part of you wants to suppress it because you feel weird enough already and you don't want that to be enhanced in any way. How weird do I need to be? And the result often is kind of a self-sabotaging situation. You have kind of an exalted moment or week or a extremely strong realization in a meditation. And then you're like, okay, what can I do to be normal? I'll go and 
drink a bunch of beer at the bar or something, or I'll watch a really dark movie or something of that nature. I won't go into the list of possibilities. It's a long list. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then you're like, Oh, well now I feel like crap. I'm really a bad person. This proves it. Okay. You know, I wouldn't have done that if I, if I was a good person, if I was an enlightened person, I wouldn't have done that. And that part's not true. And enlightened people do that kind of stuff all the time. You still are a person of choice. You will always be a person with choice. You're not like enlightened against your will. (laughs) (laughs) So you can always choose to like, um, you know, I'm going to watch the series of saw movies, you know, saw one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, or whatever, however many. And I think there's like nine or 10 now. Yeah. See, I would have never (laughs) known. (laughs) And drink beer all weekend long and throw up, you know, but you could do that, but you will still wake up the same person on the verge of enlightenment with all these powers that are wanting to express. That's just the way it is. How can you tell if your powers are wanting to express themselves? People know that you sense it. You would, you go and listen to podcasts to get more information. So you know. Oh, and here we are listening to the podcast, (laughs) wanting information. And because there's this kind of constant knocking on the side of your brain saying you should be doing healing. You should be meditating more. You should be, you know, maybe being eating less red meat. I don't know. There's different things. And people know, you know what you should be doing and what you should not be doing. People know this. They have this constant impress coming from their angels, from their higher self saying, this isn't the best thing for you to be doing tonight. Mm-hmm. You know better and you know what you should do. You, you think, I know if I meditate every day, I'm going to expand. So you make sure you don't meditate every day. (laughs) It's partly fear-based. It's partly false modesty because we've been trained in a society to not think of ourselves as possibly being strong uh, healers and being leaders and being teachers, being shaman. In Brazil, it was very typical, these fabulous mediums and, and they are totally expressing their mediumship and their abilities as shaman and how connected they are. And then they wake up and go and they do some very menial jobs with very low pay because that's what's available. Mm -hmm. And they do that the rest of the week. I mean, I find that a little bit depressing when you're having incredible experiences or vivid dreams or great meditations and then being back in your physical body is a little bit like what's the point you know what are we all doing here like when there is so much more to experience well i guess that's the discipline Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you know you're going to become jesus and you're going to just have to sit on a mound and wait for people to show up around you (laughs) (laughs) nor do i want that Uh, I took this walk with this lady in Brazil. Uh, we decided to walk to town. It was a long ways, but we decided to walk to town. Bashinia was busy and we decided to walk to town. Bashinia said, no, you shouldn't do this. I said, look, we're, you're busy. We're fine. We're going to walk to town. 
so we left and I'm walking with this girl and we start up this one hill and she's like, I can't go another step. This is too far. We should have never come this far. And I'm like, I'm thinking, oh, this is exactly what Vishenia was talking about. And as I'm sitting here trying to figure out what to do with this girl, because she's now completely wimping out on this walk. One of the shaman from the church drives up and he said, I had to stop doing the work I was doing to come and get you because she said you weren't going to make it farther than this. <laughs> How embarrassing is that? So here was this guy who I had been really impressed with his mediumship, you know, and who was doing his construction work that also stopped and drove to our location and said, okay, I'll take you to town. But then you have to take the bus the rest of the way back because that's what Machinia said to do. <laughs> Machinia just rolled her eyes when I came back. She didn't say anything. But but how is that relevant? Well, it's because here's this guy and he's doing his regular job, but he's also an active medium and he's also connected to his teacher, his mentor, and he's doing both. Yeah. He's doing both. And, and that's... And it wasn't, you know, people don't resent that or feel like that's a bad thing or there's an expectation of anything else. You're in a material world and food isn't just going to appear out of baskets. You know, you're not going to have fishes just when water turned to wine. That may have happened or may not have happened. But in terms of your everyday life, that's a myth. Uh You know, you have a chakra that has to do with a material world. You have a mind that can, can in, engage with the material world. And part of your balance and part of your enlightenment is to be able to work with that system and still be enlightened. And it's not necessary to self-sabotage yourself in order to be in that material world. It doesn't mean that you have no enlightenment if you cook lunch but there are certain things that people know they shouldn't do and they do them anyway because they're trying to bring themselves down they're not comfortable with not it's not that you're not comfortable with being enlightened you're not comfortable with probably the misguided idea of what you think enlightenment is okay so what do you think we think it is and what is it well, I think what people think it is is some sort of Jesus complex where you're going to walk down the street and people are going to start, I don't know, throwing flowers at your feet or kneeling or being awestruck. And that's unlikely to happen. Very unlikely to happen. There might be a few people on the earth that that's happened to, but not, it's not common. What is likely is that if you start to really surrender to being an enlightened person, you'll have spontaneous moments of miraculous events. And what does that mean exactly? Like what kind of thing are you thinking of? Well, like one I've talked about with a little boy whose head was displaced from his body from a past life. Mm -hmm. And he was unfunctional and his parents just ran up to me while I was sitting in the grass at a gathering and said, I know you can fix my son. And I fixed him. Mm hmm. If you're willing to be in the energy, you don't have to necessarily go out and solicit anything. You just wait and be open and willing 
and you'll have these moments. And I know a lot of people that they're listening to this, they've had those moments. But even if you have those moments, doesn't mean that that means you're going to have a string of a hundred of them every day or 10 or even two, maybe not even one. They'll come to you when they're supposed to come to you. So it's, it just may not be what people picture and it takes time and development to get to the point where you're seeing people ongoing. I'm 70 years old. Most of my life, I did not see people consistently and regularly like I am right now. Mm -hmm. It, It takes a lot of time. And I remember being frustrated when I was like 55. And I was talking to a leader in the white Wiccan community. And I was saying, I just feel like by this time in my life, I should know better. I should be stronger. My healing ability should be better. And she just started laughing and she said, you're way too young. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, thanks a lot. I do not feel at all better by what you just said. But now I'm looking at it and go, okay, there's some truth to that. Mm -hmm. I think that we're in a time where people are really expanding much more rapidly. I'm teaching this workshop right now on healing and I'm seeing development just during the workshop or self-realization just during the workshop that took me years. Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of why people take a class though. It's not that you can't learn the skills on your own is because you want to fast track your learning ability by using techniques of someone who's practiced something that works, whether that be painting, I want someone to teach me physics mm-hmm. or whatever it is, then that's why you take a class. It's true. But if all the people or most of the people that are enlightened or on the brink of enlightenment are hiding out, it's hard to get taught. Mm-hmm. It's hard to find a teacher to the point of even being willing to admit that they have these abilities and they're struggling with themselves every day, trying to decide, am I normal? Am I Abby normal? Should I act normal? Should, oh, fuck it. I'll just get drunk. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, and then I won't feel that and I won't feel anything. And I think that basically what it comes down to is to begin to embrace and recognize your authority. People that are enlightened got that way from hundreds of years of thinking the right way, doing things the right way, being in service to their fellow man. It didn't happen in this lifetime. It didn't happen because they got good grades in third grade or something like that. They have a certain spiritual authority. And I think people know that I'll say to someone, sometimes when I see so much light and I'll say, don't you feel like you're the only adult in the room? And they say all the time, Mm -hmm. because there's part of you that knows that you do have more advancement. You do have more knowing. And if you started to embrace that, so what is the point of this? Okay, what is the point of what I'm saying? I think that if somebody can relate to what I am saying and thinks that maybe I am possibly on track here, 
I think it could be really useful to do a couple exercises. One is make a list of the things that you do to sabotage your enlightenment. What are the behaviors that you know you do and like I feel enlightened and I eat a bucket of Haagen-Dazs? You know, what are the things that you do to damp yourself down, to keep yourself from taking that next incremental step towards being even more enlightened? Because in my experience, there are a whole list of things. I've had this in my past myself. It's like I had this feeling of tremendous expansion. And instead of rejoicing in that, sometimes I feel like, wow, how can I stop this, turn this off, and go back to being mm-hmm. quote unquote normal? So I think if you if you were to take your journal out and say, okay, what are the things I know that I do? You know, I I get angry, I scream at someone, or I drink too much, or I eat something that I know is going to tweak my whole immune system, or I watch a horrible movie or whatever you do. There there's, could be an endless list, but be aware of them. Start to be consciously aware of how you self-sabotage yourself. And at the same time, if you're willing to say, okay, I am going to be willing for the next just 14 days, I'm going to wake up and avoid that list of self-sabotage. And I'm going to tell my angels, I am willing to be enlightened to the highest state available to me at this moment. I am willing to wake up and breathe in light, see myself as an enlightened being, recognize myself as someone who has achieved something. I am a person with a spiritual doctorate. I have done things. I have become this person of light, whatever the level it is. And when I wake up, I'm going to affirm that I am that. I'm going to see each of my chakras light up and expand that light and become that, embody that. In general, that just seems like a good self practice for positive energy though like well it is it it just seems like something that you know in a perfect world everyone would go about thinking about themselves in a more positive manner because i know my therapist the thing that she tells me all the time is that i'm too hard on myself (laughs) exactly well that's part of my point i think people are they're self-sabotaging their own enlightenment what's available is there and they're too hard on themselves Uh uh-huh and what if you weren't? Mm-hmm. What miraculous things might happen if you weren't? I guess my only thought with that of you telling me that I'm, you know, a highly enlightened being is that I don't feel like that necessarily. So when you tell me I have a lot of power, it's not something that I necessarily relate to when you say it and what is that supposed to feel like well i don't know exactly (laughs) (laughs) what is that you know you have a lot of light what is that supposed to feel like you know i've come back to this before but when i was in brazil 
so many spiritual people were deferring to me and I'm like, wait a minute, I think you've got the wrong person here. Mm -hmm. You know, what is, I don't feel like I have more experience than you. I don't feel like I should be in charge of you. Mm -hmm. Well, what does that feel like? I don't think that there is a feeling of, I'm an enlightened being today. I finally crossed the threshold. No, it won't happen (laughs) that way. Um, I think that's the whole Jesus, Buddha, Krishna myth or idea that we, because we've been taught for centuries that you can never get to, you know, you can put a penny on the church step and maybe you won't spend as many days in hell, but you're never going to be as enlightened as the Pope uh-huh. you know, or something of that nature. You're going to wake up and you're going to feel like you do every day. You may still have a blister on your foot from right. you know, walking on the beach. You may feel like you ate too much the night before. And might have a hangover from bringing yourself down. Exactly. And, (laughs) but that does, those things do not mean that you're not in line. Those are things mean that you have operated and chosen to do certain behaviors, some of which are self-sabotaging so that you didn't have to face the reality or the responsibility of being an enlightened being. Because part of, I think people know, part of them knows, I really shouldn't do that anymore. And I think I've kind of grown past that. And you have these impresses. The other thing I see with this is that people have so much power they're holding on to that wants to express itself. They have so much power that wants to express themselves, so much light that in some ways they're almost like burning up with it. Actually, we're doing a reading for someone today that I'm seeing that. It's just like this energy that wants to get out and you're holding it in. If you woke up and said, okay, let's just say Marie might be right. Let's say I might know what I'm talking about. Highly doubtful. (laughs) (laughs) And just for today or just for the next 14 days, let's try a 14-day challenge. I'd be willing to use my light. I would be willing to use my wisdom to help someone, uh, to heal someone, bring it on, you know, bring it on, bring them on and see if someone walks up to you in those 14 days and says, I have a feeling you can help me, you know, do something about my shoulder or whatever. And you follow your instincts and just, because I think it'll go to a good place. And I have had so many people for years and years just walk up to me and say, well, I know you're going to help me. I got to say, I'm skeptical. (laughs) (laughs) I'm skeptical if I start waking up being like I'm willing to help someone that someone would pop up. But you haven't done it for 14 days. Well, we'll see about this challenge. Report back. Okay. Because (laughs) I think you you might be very surprised. But I think that even the idea of waking up and saying, yes, I am here. I am here. I am a semi-enlightened being with certain healing abilities. You certainly have love for your fellow man. Um, And if there's something I can do for someone, the angels want me to do in the next seven days or next 14 days, I'm willing to do it. It's like putting out your spiritual calling card. You don't have to write it on your actual door. 
because the angels will just put a big star up there anyway. So someone will go, okay, there's a place I can go. <laughs> <laughs> there's a person I can go to uh -huh. and see what happens. Uh -huh. And don't sabotage yourself during those 14 days. Part of that is grasping hold of and actually saying, yes, I do have authority. I have learned things. I know things. I feel things. I have ability. I am a good hearted person. I do want to heal people. I have authority. And I know for me, it made a difference when I just was willing to say that, yes, I have authority. I've had years of experiences. I'm teaching from what I know. I have authority. Now, what did it take for you to start to say that? Was it justification from hearing it from people like Bashinia? That helped for sure. For sure. It helped when I, when I was in the presence of people that I was pretty awestruck to be with. And they're saying, no, no, you're, you're one of us or you should be teaching us or something of that nature because that was hard for me to see i've spent a lot of time in a pretty solitary life i haven't been out running around spiritual circles all of my life i've mostly been with very sick people trying to help them so so you don't get a lot of that kind of feedback uh -huh. partly it's just i begin to realize slowly because i'm slower than most probably to grasp this stuff or average you're just one of the humanoids on yeah. this planet that think they have less power than they do but then people would would show up you know people would show up at my door and you know stop me while i was walking down the street sit down when i'm having coffee and and say you know i know you're the one i should be talking to if that happens enough times, you begin to go, well, there's a trend here. This doesn't happen. This isn't a random coincidence. I think I'll go sit with that woman and her old mother and ask them about what do I do with them about my brother who committed suicide? You know, it just isn't random. And I don't know how that person finds me or other people that have done the same thing have found me. For the longest time, I had no listed number, certainly never had a business card, had no advertisement. It was very hard to find me. And then yet people would find me. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they'd just walk up to me or they'd find me. But you have to be willing to be that person. You have to say, okay, I'm going to take the challenge. I'm going to be the person and accept that authority that I have. And even if I just spend my regular week going to the bakery and the market and sitting in the park and feeding the birds, whatever, for the next two weeks, I'm going to be that person and be available if the angels want to send me someone. I would be willing to bet that even if no one did come up to you in those two weeks, that at the end of that time, you will be in a lot better shape than when you started. In what way? Emotionally, spiritually. I think it's, it has a it has a kind of a calming 
solidifying feeling rather than struggling constantly with this, I am a spiritual person. I'm not a spiritual person. I am a spiritual person. I would be a spiritual person if I hadn't done what I just did. Oh crap. Well, I don't care. I'm not going to even try. Okay. Now I'm going to try. Okay. Maybe I'll meditate more. You know, well, now I meditate. I'm not getting anything. It's because I'm not a spiritual person. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like that kind of thing that I see people like caught in constantly. I was a spiritual person, but I hit my partner. So now I'm really not a spiritual person. You know, stop doing that. Stop that whole argument about if you have light or you, you wouldn't have the argument going on if you weren't a person of light. Okay. You're struggling with your own enlightenment because it's a lot of power and it's a little hard to embody in a comfortable way. You're not going to get normal there. You can watch saw nine, one through nine, <laughs> and you're still not going to be normal. <laughs> which I thought those were the most horrific. I never watched any of those movies except for the ads. And that was enough. I thought, horrific, horrific that people watch that kind of stuff. But at any rate, <laughs> you're laughing. I know. I've watched one through five. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I'm shocked. <laughs> and yet you're still a person of enlightenment. Well, I don't know. I watched all one through five. Yeah. Well, see, it did not take not, away not your getting the message. So. <laughs> You're not wanting to get the message. You're choosing to fight it. But the other part of you, the you know, the part of your higher self is saying, this is the time. This is the place. We need to start now. And I think people feel that. They feel that pressure. And then they're like, I don't know what to do. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's where the argument goes, like, should I meditate more? Should I do this or that? Or I need to stop drinking? Like what, besides what you're saying is just waking up and being like, I'm enlightened. Is there a practice that goes in with this? Well, I think people know what to do, but certainly meditation is very useful. Yeah. Choosing meditation is very useful. Not drinking more than one drink a day. And I'm, I mean, like a one shot drink is mm -hmm. useful mm -hmm. because alcohol is a toxic substance and anything toxic you put into your body is going to make it harder for you to overcome that and get into your enlightened self. Mm -hmm. It is alcohol is a depressant. So it's going to make, it's going to depress your energy, your psychic energy and your physical energy. I mean, to the greatest degree that you can take care of yourself, the better off you are. The standard practice for being a more enlightened being is first of all, to be in your body and be present, be willing to be in and be in your body because you can't do anything. If you're not available, you have to show up to do the job. You cannot be in the astral and do a healing effectively. So number one, you be in your body. Number two, you feed your body quality food to the best of your ability. And even if you can't afford organic food, then at least don't go to the complete 
garbage that you know when you're eating that I should never be eating this. Again, your instincts are telling you all the time what you need to do. You need to go out into the light and the sunlight and the air and look at the the plants or maybe some places right now, snow mounds or whatever, but be out in nature and elements at least a part of every day. You need to meditate at least every other day for the rest of your life, probably. I don't see many enlightened people that don't ever meditate. Mm-hmm. It just, it's rare. It's great if you can be in spiritual groups as often as possible. It can be challenging to be in a group when you have all this sensitivity and energy and you're suddenly surrounded by 30 people that also have all the sensitivity and energy. It can be feel uncomfortable and awkward and challenging, but it's actually good for you to practice that and try to be in harmony with a large group of spiritual people. If you can do that, it's easier to be in harmony when you're on a subway or in a bus or sitting in a huge supermarket. So those are things that, you know, you can, you need to sleep. You need to actually get sleep because you cannot have some of the work you're doing completed with your angels and with your higher self. If you virtually are never in a deep sleep and that makes it very difficult. And that often will lead to an anxiety or an agitation. People say, I've just got this anxiety and I don't understand why it's because they're never getting to sleep. Mm-hmm. So those are all things that you can do. Yeah. Just generally take care of yourself, take good care of yourself and be willing take, do some spiritual practice, do some meditation, get some exercise, take good care of yourself, take care of yourself. Like you were an enlightened being, like you were a rare jewel on this planet and you were worth it because you are worth it because you are a valuable person, a person of tremendous light and people with tremendous light have power what they say and what they do and how they encourage others is going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. If everybody is just eating Cheetos and watching saw five, the world's going to be in big trouble. But if all the people with spiritual light said, I'm going to embrace my spirituality, I'm going to accept my authority and I am going to start living it. The world will change for the better. The consciousness of this world will change for the better. And each person that does that will be a part of that. They will have the, the honor and the knowledge that they were part of that. They made that happen. And that's important. And it takes a little bit of bravery and it takes a little bit of determination. Yeah, I mean, I feel like every time I start to embrace more spiritual practices or whether or not it's received and acted upon the way you anticipate it will be, well, that's a whole other story. Mm -hmm. People react in all different ways. 
I have had people say to me, I had someone recently say, I don't know if I believe any of this, and I think the whole idea is bullshit. And at the same time, they proceeded to do energy work with me and then were really pleased with Mm -hmm. how it went. So you can't be too attached. Well, you can be attached to it, but it's wise not to be too attached to how someone is going to react to your 14-day experiment. (laughs) Don't... Don't let your personal enlightenment be decided by someone who rejects it. And you don't even know for sure if they rejected it entirely, or they're just thinking about it and too embarrassed to, to talk about it right now. Give it some time. Mm -hmm. Trust your angels, trust yourself. Trust me. I'm not misleading you here. (laughs) And just think about, okay, okay, I'm going to accept that I do have authority, that I am a person of light, that I am in some cases a shaman, I am in some cases a medium, I am in some cases a healer, I am a teacher. This is who I am. This is what I have the capability to do. To whatever degree I can do this. You know, in the educational system, wherever you are, if you're just learning how to count to 100, there's somebody else that already knows how to count to 100. Mm-hmm. And they have the authority to be able to teach you. Yeah. Oh, there's always somebody above you. There's always somebody that's still trying to learn what you've already grasped. So you don't have to worry so much about making those comparisons Mm -hmm. just be willing to grasp the authority of who you are that which you know you know and say to the angels okay that's available if you have any use for these minimal amount of skills i have bring it on (laughs) (laughs) all right take the the 14 day challenge take the 14 day challenge and then let us know. Let us know if it works. <laughs> if you had a miraculous, you miraculously healed somebody, let Did us know. Did you have a stranger come up to you during your challenge that and ask happen. for help? Let us know. Call it in. Well, someone crashes their skateboard at your feet, looks up and says, help me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that doesn't happen to anybody. But, <laughs> but it could. It could. I've had that happen. I've had things like that happen. Then, you know, step into it. Okay, I have authority. What what can I do here? What I can do energy work. I can breathe light into them. I can hold their hand. I can ground their energy. What can you, you do? What you know you can do. Okay. Sounds like a plan. It is a plan. It's a 14-day plan. 14-day <laughs> plan. Start off on day one. 